Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball on a West Coast Conference rise. Is a third place finish now realistic for the Cougars? And which Cougar increased their draft stock the most at the Senior Bowl? Hopefully all of them. We'll see. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, February 6th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up once again with NFL Pro Bowl expert Jerem Jordan. I didn't watch the second. How was it? I watched part of the pregame and then <laughs> saw highlights of some of the Pro Bowl games. It's yes. now a plural thing. Yeah, I saw the highlights. I saved several hours yeah. of my life. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was a, that was a wise move. Yeah. I, I did it because I was on an airplane, you know? And I was like, ah, I may as well just kind of tune in, see what Fred Warner's doing. I didn't see a single Fred Warner or anything. So, because you know what's not highlighted in flag football? Defense. No one cares. It's true. Yeah. I did see uh, Tyreek Hill get bodied yeah. by Jalen Ramsey, though. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> that apparently uh, is against the rules in flag football, but hey, whatever. They'll give you a yellow BYU for that. Yes, they uh, will. One time, one of my teammates got uh, like a second or third yellow card, and he just said the wrong, someone else's name on our team just so he wouldn't be kicked out of intramurals. So he showed up and said, oh, I'm this person? Well, they were like, hey, what's your name? Because we have to – and he's like, oh, I'm – and it was a different teammate. Yep. <laughs> Gamesmanship. Well, later that team was discovered to have a few illegal players who weren't in a BYU uh -huh. ward. Uh -huh. We got kicked out in the semifinals. I was on that team with D1. you. Yes, you were. <laughs> it wasn't us. We were it, not at fault. Well, we, we're staff. We can play. Yeah, yeah, I don't play good. anymore. I'm getting too old. But uh, I would be up for basketball or flag football. Let me know. Uh, on today's show, Rudy Williams joins the program to discuss the Cougars' strong week, big week ahead. Head, including Gonzaga on the road. Mark Pope loves fouls. More on that. Which uh, former Cougars wondering if he should play in the football alumni game. And golfer Zach Jones joins the program to discuss his tournament win in Arizona. Here are today's headlines. BYU men's basketball routes Pacific 81-66, moving to a tie for third place in the West Coast Conference. The Cougars now 16-10 on the season. 6-5 in WCC play were led by Fusini Traore and Gideon George, who both recorded double-doubles in points and rebounds. BYU forced 18 turnovers and once again took good care of the basketball, only giving it away nine times. That's well under the Cougar season average of 15. Point guard Rudy Williams will join us in about 15 minutes. Women's Hoops loses 52-49 at San Diego in the Slim Jim Saturday. 39% shooting and 19 turnovers will do that. Cougars are still tied for third with the Toreros themselves. BYU offensive lineman Blake Freeland started and played in a 27-10 national team win at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama on Saturday. Quarterback Jaron Hall was not present for the game and did not play after practicing last week. Puka Nakua also did not play in Saturday's game. Number 11 men's volleyball loses in four at number eight Ball State Saturday afternoon. Mix Romanis had 20 kills, nine digs in the loss. BYU returns home for a pair with UC Santa Barbara this weekend. I'll take a road split all the time against a team ranked higher than you. How about BYU women's track and field? Jenna Hutchins and Elena Ellsworth clocking top 10 times as the 22nd ranked Cougars competed at the Camel City Invitational in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on Saturday. Hutchins in the 3,000 meters finished with a time of 9 minutes, 13 seconds, 97 hundredths. Good for number 10 all-time at BYU. By the way, that was her first ever collegiate indoor meet. Good start. Ellsworth followed up Hutchins' top 10 performance with one of her own in the 800 meters elite race. The veteran out of Gilbert, Arizona, clocked in at 2 minutes, 5 seconds, 5 hundredths, finishing second overall, and that time good for 10th in program history. 
Gymnastics put up a 196.475 against SUU in Cedar City Friday night. Individuals earned seven career new career highs for BYU, notably freshman Kylie Equinto with a 9.9 on vault, Lindsey Hunter with the bar score of 9.925, and Mina Margraf with a 9.925 on beam. A team is drastically improved from about six weeks ago. BYU women's tennis beats Washington State 5-2 in the Cougars home opener. Marks the second win of the season for the women. BYU will host LMU and Utah State this Saturday. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Oh, we love winning Mondays. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. A West Coast rise for BYU men's basketball who have jumped from seventh place in the WCC all the way to a tie for third after just one week. It took two home wins and some wild parody in what has become an absolute conference logjam in the middle. Every team not named Gonzaga and St. Mary's has at least five losses, including BYU, who at six and five with just five conference games to play, Jerem. Is BYU the third best team in the West Coast Conference right now? Because they're tied for third. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, right now it doesn't matter as much as what it'll be in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, it's still TBD. You know, BYU's right there, certainly, tied with LMU. You split. You beat them by more than they beat you. So I could see the argument for, yeah. Um, to me, that doesn't matter all that much. Five games left in the regular season for BYU. Will BYU finish as the three seed? BYU's still going to lose a couple of games. You still have at Gonzaga on Saturday. You have at Pepperdine Thursday, which BYU should win. Yes. That team has one league win. It's been weird for BYU to play there before. It took a miracle for Pepperdine to win that game yes, last it did. Saturday. Portland just absolutely blew it. They got a flagrant one with .6 seconds left, and they ended up losing in double OT. It was, it was crazy. The fact that BYU still has a couple of losses on the schedule still, um, and hopefully not. Hopefully they pull off an upset somewhere uh, at Gonzaga or St. Mary's. If they do, amazing. If they don't, it's chalk. It's whatever. If they do, then I think they will finish in third place in the conference. Yeah, they, they should at that point. Um, so there's four teams within a half game of each other. LMU and BYU tied for third to six and five. Five and five, Santa Clara Pacific. So, I mean, BYU could, if BYU didn't show up at the, at the end here and they lose more than, say, those two games, they don't go three and two, they go two and three or worse, there's a chance they, they could slide all the way down to like six. Yes. So, the hope is that BYU can be chalky, meaning you win the games you're supposed to, and if you lose the games you're not supposed to win, that's fine uh, because no one expects – listen, Gonzaga didn't even beat St. Mary's, right? It's, it's hard to beat St. Mary's right now in Moraga or anywhere. Um, Lions host St. Mary's and Gonzaga are at Santa Clara, have Pacific still. So they've, they've got four tough ones. Like, BYU has a legit shot at finishing in third, which would be awesome. Honestly, if BYU finishes third or fourth – I'm real happy considering how the season's gone, the ups, the downs. Last week, you're coming off a really nice week of double-digit home wins against the third-place team at the time and the fourth-place team. Like, BYU did really well for itself to be tied for, what, sixth and then go up to third? Uh, I mean, in were, one week? They were in seventh place. I mean, it's, it's great. BYU it's great. was – we were talking about, oh, my gosh, is BYU going to be in the 7-10 game a week ago? And they took care of business at yeah. home, which we thought they would do, but it's how they did it which has us impressed. Like, just dominant fashion, right? Now you're tied for third, and while BYU does have road games at St. Mary's and at Gonzaga this Saturday, 
Nine and seven feels like a real possibility. And having looked at every remaining schedule for every team in conference very closely over the weekend and during a long plane ride home from Florida yesterday for me, <laughs> spent a lot of time in the West Coast Conference standings, nine and seven feels like to me would guarantee BYU at least fourth place. Santa Clara yeah, is show the up team. Saturday. Awesome. Santa Clara is the team that BYU needs to worry about. Not LMU. Not the not the LMU team that they're tied for third place with right now. LMU's got a tough schedule remaining. Santa Clara has the easiest of the remaining schedules, and they beat San Francisco pretty handily over the weekend. So, yeah, the the the, the Santa Clara team right now kind of feels like they might end up in third place. But hey, I mean, given everything that's gone on, if BYU finishes top four, yeah, it's not third place, but. They were picked to finish in a tie for third this year, right? Uh, so BYU is pacing for what the preseason polls were projecting them to do behind Gonzaga and St. Yeah, Mary's. the coaches, what do they know? <laughs> Apparently they know something in, in this regard. Um, yeah, I don't know if BYU is the third best team right now, but I think that they will finish as a top four team. And then we can, oh, that's answer, great. We can answer that question now with some certainty. Like, yeah, yeah, they're a top four team, and that would be fantastic. They're playing towards the NIT, which is the goal. The big goal here is get into the NIT. Um, and, and if you're a top four seed in the league, that means you're playing well enough to uh, get near that kind of 18, 19, 20 mark for BYU. So, yeah, yeah. 9, nine and 7 would make them 19 and 12 yeah. in the regular season. Now you're, then you're going to the NIT, which is good. Uh, our fear was that BYU would kind of blow it this last week. And then, oh, six seed, not NIT. Nope, they're they're. Playing better. Yeah. Uh, defense is doing a nice job. They're not turning it over to, as much. Uh, efficient on offense. Uh, getting the ball into Foose. There was a stretch there against Pacific on Saturday where literally Pacific couldn't do anything against Foose. He wasn't always scoring, but they were fouling him every time. It was. It felt like a church ball game where the, there's the one dude that's 6'8", and there's no one else that's like over 6'2 on the one ward, so they just keep fouling him trying to send him <laughs> to the line. Like, literally, that's what Pacific Hack did. Hack a Foose. Like, like, yeah, foo. <laughs> it was Hackafoos, yeah. Pacific didn't send a men's basketball player uh, to guard Foos like they didn't send women's volleyball to play BYU. Like, non-existent, mm. and it was there. So BYU's playing better, and it's good, and it's fun, and BYU's going to roll into Vegas with a little mojo and uh, feel like, hey, can we at least get to the semifinals sure. in this tournament? Because that, that would be good for this team. Clearly, BYU is a different team at home. So I do have a little yeah. trepidation about... The game at Pepperdine on Thursday. Ooh, really? Like a one in ten team. I don't We're want to. I don't want to. But it like it's as fickle as what if BYU lost to Pepperdine? Now they're in a situation where they could finish in sixth place, and they're playing earlier. And there could be some weird tiebreakers it's, there. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like they could that one loss. Even if they beat San Francisco and Santa Clara at home, you lose to Pepperdine and you lose at Gonzaga and at St. Mary's, which are expected. You go two and three in the back five. Now you're eight and eight. You could slide all the way to number six. That's how weird and fickle this thing is. That's how much of a log jam is in the middle of the conference. Is you got to take care of business against Pepperdine, or you might be in some big trouble. This is what BYU's avoided most years, which is we're clearly top three. We don't mess with four, five, six, seven. But this year, uh, you know, BYU's lost a couple games that have been head scratchers uh, in league. Sure. I mean, LMU is good, but like losing at LMU, I was like, what? Yeah. Losing at Santa Clara, San Francisco, like Santa Clara, I understood. San Francisco, I did not. You don't lose that one. You're clearly number three right now, and you got a little bit of space. Yeah. BYU finished fifth last year, and yeah. it was weird. At nine and seven. It was super weird. I think nine and seven will get you at least top four because there's so much parity in play. Of note, St. Mary's 
as they should have, jumped Gonzaga in the latest AP poll. Number 15. Still underrated. Are the Gales. Still underrated. And the Zags at number 16. I think so, too. should be like 12. Like, they should be higher. They're awesome. St. Mary's is a special team this year. It's all four games. Yes, they have a couple quad three losses in there, but it's like Washington neutral. Fine. They played Fine. Houston they super no bad tough. Losses. Yeah. No bad loss. Yeah. They're two games up on the Zags, by the way. Two. They clinched the WCC t- regular season title, essentially. It kind of feels that way. They could yeah. still lose yeah. to Spokane, but they ain't losing to anybody else. Well, let's go spoil their party again, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fun. I don't really see it right now, but that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Okay, topic two. Which BYU Cougar improved uh, their stock the most at the Senior Bowl? Uh, you know, I'm just going to let Cam Meller answer that question because I think we're all in agreement here that it was clearly Puka Nakua. Tuesday's practice is a short thing of a, of a draft pick. I, I think a lot of people were worried um, and concerned, obviously, about the injuries, but I do think, again, I mentioned 33% of it is what you do on the field. That 66%, 67%, if uh, our math is correct, uh, is is him answering the questions in those decision-making rooms, those interviews with those the NFL draft, the, the scouting departments, the, the gurus. It's a lot better to hear it from Puka than it would be to hear it from a representation. Basically, I think he showed enough on Tuesday to fully cement himself as as a day, mid-day three pick. Okay, those are some strong words there. Fully cement himself as a mid-day three pick. I There's think no going, partial cement, right? Yeah, it, it's cured. You can crack it, it I is. guess. It is. <laughs> Just undo that. So. Yeah, you, you could. I don't think Puka is going to do that. Uh, I think he's going to. I agree with Cam. I think he has, has vaulted himself into a mid-day three type scenario. I feel like Going into the Senior Bowl and the practices that week, we all were kind of thinking, okay, Puka is an underrated player. We hope that he proves that, and he did. But I had him slated as like 6th, 7th, maybe a high-priority undrafted free agent, and now he's going to be drafted. BYU's going to have three draft picks against this, this year, which is awesome. It's great. Awesome. With and I, another, position, off, another offensive awesome. lineman, Blake Freeland's going to get drafted, second, third round. Jaron Hall's going to go somewhere in the middle of the pack. And now Puka Nakua, in the words of Cam Meller, who, you know, he's, he's a dude that knows and has been very accurate in the past. So I, I put a lot of stock in what Cam has to say. Now Puka's going to get drafted. BYU's going to have three draft picks again because Puka improved his stock the most in one practice. Because they confirmed what they saw on film. It, it wasn't uh, the games where he didn't play. The questions about Puka are related to injuries, right? Um, and it is concerning that Jaron and Puka didn't play in the Senior Bowl game yeah, a, a little that's a bit. Bummer. Where I'm like, oh shoot, and it, it had to be injuries, right? Like, why else wouldn't they play yeah. in that? Because you can show off your skills. And, and you almost wonder. You may be asking, like, wait, what? One practice, Puka elevates from sort of, kind of known unknown to will be drafted. Yes, because those GMs and those coaches are confirming. What they've thought, which is, oh, we've seen him in person. Look at his separation. Look at his feet. Look at his hands. All this stuff, right? Like Cam said, you're confirming what you've seen on film. It's not 66% of it. It's yeah. the 33% of like, oh, we've, we like you. Hopefully he gets invited to the Combine in Indianapolis. We can see him run and, and catch some more in front of uh, scouts and live on NFL Network. Hopefully Pro Day shows out as well if he needs to. Yeah. But hopefully he doesn't need to. Hopefully he's so good in Indy if he gets the invite that uh, he just goes off and he doesn't have to run, per se, on the Pro Day. Although, we will have the Pro Day live on BYU TV and show it off. So, it's probably Puka. Blake has been on the radars. He's there. People know what he is. He did a good job in I, Senior Day. I feel or, like he just kind of maintained. Yeah. Jaron, I don't think hurt his stock. I don't think it helped it much. Like, yeah, he's good. He's one of the guys that will be taken in, on Day 3. Great. I, yeah. Jaron may have, have taken a step back a little bit. 
Um, and BYU has not confirmed this, and they won't confirm this because uh, they have no reason to, to feel necessity to confirm he's injury not a, or not. He's, he's, he's not, not BYU, at BYU anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I have been told his ankle wasn't feeling well, wasn't, wasn't feeling great. It's, this is that makes a sense. carryover from what happened with the high ankle sprain against Stanford. And this is partly precautionary. That stinks because that was late November. Yeah, partly precautionary. This is like eight or nine weeks ago. And partly because it just you don't you don't want to play poorly and then hurt it potentially worse in a game that really doesn't mean that much. It's the practices that we feel mean the most. And and I feel like Jaron did did enough. Slow start for him in the week. Uh, came around at the end. Did not play in the game. So if he did take a step back, it's a minor step back. We just hope he gets healthy. And that uh, ankle sprain can heal up so that he can he do He can't take thing. a step back. His ankle's not healthy. Yeah. Not, Come on now. Not, not great. But I'm Puka, the power of owning one day. And he was all over social media. Yeah. That's, that's the power of owning one Well, practice. Zach Wilson had one throw. <laughs> and it cost him in his career because the Jets took him, not the Niners. Oh, gosh. That throw wasn't worth it. Well, it was worth it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was wasn't worth say, it. How, how are you quantifying worth it? Well, he's not happy right now, probably. Our question of the day. Back to BYU basketball, who are currently tied for third place in the West Coast Conference standings. Where will the Cougars finish? They were seventh place a week ago, now tied for third. It's just flying up. At Shan Simpson on Facebook says, on paper, it looks like fourth place. But BYU is usually third. BYU seems to play to the level of their opponents this season. Well, more St. Mary's Gonzaga then. Let's go. So a more difficult schedule might help motivate BYU to play better. I'm more concerned about what this BYU team is on the road in conference compared to what they've been at home. Big week. In conference. Yeah. Beat Pepperdine. They've won one game. Split beat, this week. They're like super long and talented. Blah, blah, blah. They've lost like 10 games in league. Go Win take care of business. Game. Don't flagrant one with .6 yes. seconds left in double OT and you should be fine. Take that defense that's been so good at home yep. on the road. Yep. It can travel. Okay, plan to be with us tomorrow night for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as Coach Gregor Bell and a player. Give you a full hour of Cougar Hoops, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, Rudy Williams of BYU Men's Basketball in studio. Awesome personality, and his team's playing some pretty awesome basketball. How do they take that high-level show out on the road? This is BYU Sports Nation. Roadshow? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event. Put your hands up. Rudy pulls, fires, scores. He banks in the three. Rudy is genius, right? Put your hands up. We are live in Studio B on a winning Monday with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure now to welcome in BYU point guard and a big part of BYU's win over Pacific and wins last week altogether for that matter. Rudy Williams is back on the show. Great to have you back in Studio B, Rudy. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. What's your typical Sunday like, especially after a big win on Saturday night? Uh, My Sundays after the games, you know, they usually consist of a lot of laundry, a lot of phone calls from the coaches, re-watching the game, you know, pausing, rewinding, all that, my possessions. You know, just kind of just getting my getting my body, getting my mind ready for the next week. So you do your own laundry? Yes. Yeah, I, I feel do. like the freshman should do your laundry, Rudy. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's something I can manage. I, I do that on my own. Okay. I wish okay. I had some freshmen at my house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a busy day in the uh, Jordan household as well. That way, last week was so good. You guys, I mean, we were talking about like a week ago. You're in seventh place. Yeah. You fly up to third. Obviously, you defend home court. 
You play amazing defense. You don't turn it over. You win two big games. Like, what did last week mean to the, you and the team? Uh, last week meant a lot to us, honestly, because, you know, obviously we were in, like, a three-game skid. Yeah. You know, we dropped the two games up in Northern Cal, and then we dropped St. Mary's, you know, at the pretty much at the buzzer. So, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a time for us to look in the mirror, and, you know, we had to see what was going to happen for the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, we protected home court. We needed these two big wins. And now we got to keep this momentum going, finish our conference good, you know, heading into Vegas. You were doing cartwheels in the locker room, and, and I want to point out they were pretty, <laughs> right. pretty high-level cartwheels. <laughs> uh, is this something you've practiced before? Uh, I don't know. I used to be pretty flexible, and I used to be a wild child. So I don't know what made me bring it out. <laughs> I started doing handstands when we got in the locker room. I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> There's nothing juiced. wrong with you. Yeah, you're, it's a victory, right? Yeah, I guess that was where my you – know, it was pure instinct. Like, Rudy Williams, the gymnast. What was the extent of sort of that – you said I was crazy child. Like, would you climb on stuff? Or are you just parkour going around yeah, as a kid? Like, just growing up, you know, going to, the, like, the park, the playground and stuff like that. Just – you're on top. Your mom's like, where's Rudy? You're on top of the <laughs> structure. When you're 12 years old, you know, you're not really scared of much. You're not yeah. scared of breaking nothing. And I don't know where that came from. To uh, well, in Toronto, you're just terrorizing the parks there. I mean, yeah, I just, I just did it. I'm well, too old for that now. You and the team played uh, in, in essentially fearless, especially on defense over the last two games. And as Jeremy mentioned, you build some momentum now to go on a, a key road stretch because this team at home in conference – Really good, really good. How do you take that intensity and defensive mindset on the road and manufacture that energy when you're not in front of a Marriott Center crowd? Uh, I feel like, you know, we just got to bring the fight because, you know, like you said, when we're not in front of that Marriott crowd, we got to find something else to, you know, juice us and get us going. So, you know, we have to understand that when we're on the road, it's just us, you know, we're traveling with probably 30 people and, you know, we have to bring our own energy, bring our own juice and, you know, we have to get the job done. It's tough to win on the road, but, you know, I feel like we've done it before, so we can do it again. That's not to say uh, we can't call out all the BYU fans in Southern California to take over Firestone oh, Fieldhouse. I, I think they'll be Show up! A couple hundred Show there. up! Yeah, it'll be BYU good. Sports Nation. I, was, I wasn't just pleased. I was amused by kind of the first six minutes of the second half where Pacific literally couldn't guard Foose. They were just fouling him. Yeah. What, what did you think of that stretch? Because that um, was something. Honestly, I remember Foose got the – they got 14 fouls pretty quick, and I think Foose, you know, made them commit all those fouls. So, you know, kudos to him. You know, he's such a such a big, strong dude. You know, guys got to pay attention to him. And, you know, I think they'd rather foul him than, you know, just give him easy layups where, you know, he shoots a high percentage. I think he's on probably at the 60s. So, you know, you'd rather foul him than, you know, just give him easy dunks and layups. And then uh, he got so tired from having to work through that. <laughs> then you took over at that point. Do you sense in a game like, you know, coming off the bench, like, okay, this is the flow of this. I need to... Uh, inject offensively right now like you always want to score and help the team in whatever way but are there times where you're like oh I Foose is tired I'm coming in for Dallas I need to go score right now uh yeah I mean it's not really necessarily me trying to go score it's just you know me trying to make a play so rather if it ends up me being me scoring or me making a play for somebody else I just you know also have the advantage of coming in two three minutes while everyone's a little bit gassed you know, that's the luxury I have of coming off the bench. So then I come in with a burst of energy while those guys are probably huffing and puffing because they've been in the game. And uh, I use that to my advantage. And then it's just kind of easier. You know, I kind of say I'm, I don't know, I, I guess it's a smart move by Coach Pope. But, yeah, I kind of just want to be aggressive and I assert myself. And I, I'm playing with an advantage as well. So now I've heard Coach Pope say previously, in, not necessarily after the Pacific game specifically, uh, but a few times this season, 
that they almost want you to be more aggressive and attack the rim more, look for opportunities to attack the rim more. So how have you implemented that into your game? Because to Coach's point, you, you seem to be really good, almost your most effective when you are attacking the hoop. Uh, yeah, for like the past couple of weeks, Coach has just been telling me, like, you know, you got to be more aggressive, more aggressive. Uh, the other day before um, the LMU game, he stopped practice and he was just like, he's like, I just don't feel like you're aggressive enough. So I'm just like, well, coach, well, if you want me to just go attack at one-on-five, you know, I'll do it. But, you know, I don't feel like that's the best shot for us. So, you know, I've just been having to watch a lot of film and, you know, picking and choosing where I can go score and how I can go score and stuff like that. And uh, it's taken a lot of film sessions with Coach Fieger. But uh, I'm starting to figure it out. And, you know, I, I'm definitely going to look to be more aggressive, you know, finishing out this conference late. This team's strength is on the defensive end of the floor. That hasn't always been the thing at BYU. This has kind of been an offensive school for the most part. But you guys have been top 30 consistently for the last couple of weeks in efficiency. What is it that you guys are doing to be so effective to really put it on LMU and Pacific? Uh, I would just say, you know, it's just guys playing hard. You know, we're starting to realize that we're going we're gonna to score. Regardless if we're having a good shooting night or a, a poor shooting night, we're still going to score. I think we only made seven threes on Saturday versus Pacific. Didn't need but, it, right? Yeah, we put up 81 points. Yeah. So yeah. we realized, you know, we're going to score. We're not worried about that. We just have to put all of our focus to defense and, you know, managing and getting a bunch of stops and getting kills because that's what gets us going and makes us score easily on the other side. Certainly every season has some highs and lows, and this team has had some significant peaks and valleys, and you're on the rise back up. How would you define in a few words this season for BYU basketball? Never know what you're going to get, probably. <laughs> so, how many words that it's is? It's exciting right? that way. It's, it's probably been like that. That would probably be the – the storyline of the season so far. Third place now, certainly finishing in third would be really good considering, right, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, top 16 teams. What will it take in the final five to uh, finish as a uh, three seed or even top four, frankly? I, I think top four going into Vegas would be pretty good. Uh, we're definitely looking to finish higher than that. But I would say it would take, um, you know, just the consistency, you know, keep understanding that every game is a big game. We're not taking no teams for granted. We're not taking any games for granted because you know, we've learned the hard way that if we don't show up, we will lose games. So I feel like everyone's starting to have an understanding of that. So, you know, every Thursday and Saturday, like everyone's locked in and, um, you know, we just got to bring our hard hats. You get to go to Malibu and then to Spokane. So a couple of places, obviously, that you personally have not played yet. What do you think of the prospect of playing in Malibu right there, overlooking the beach on a beautiful campus of Pepperdine and then going on the road to take on number 16 Gonzaga in front of the kennel? Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to both. You know, this is going to be a really fun week. But um, starting with Pepperdine, you know, obviously I've never played down there. Uh, I remember seeing highlights from last season's uh, win over there. Barcelona, you know, I think he made nine or eight threes. He was ridiculous. He had yeah. a tendency so, to do that. Yeah, he was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, 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 it looks like the rims over there are pretty generous. So hopefully we can have a good shooting night, you know, while getting a bunch of stops over there. And then looking forward to Saturday. Um, I know it's tough to play up there in the dog kennel, but... Uh, you know, LMU went over there and they beat them. And, you know, we're probably going to have to follow a little bit of their recipe, you know, bring our hard hats, play a lot of defense, limit Gonzaga in transition. And I feel like we can go over there and beat them too as well. Did you watch St. Mary's Gonzaga? Um, Saturday night I ended up watching, like, the last two minutes of the game. And, you know, the game went in OT. Yeah. So yeah. I came home and I was like, oh, shoot, this game's on. And then um, I watched the last two minutes of the game. So. Mahaney had like 16 points in a five-minute span or something. Yeah, it was, he's a good player. He's a good yeah. player, right? Yeah, How do you handle player. that emotionally, 
because understandably, like you had Gonzaga on the ropes and you were up one on Saint. So when you watch that game, like how, where are you emotionally? Um, you know, I kind of teeter top back and forth. You know, just you know, kind of being upset with myself. You know, just saying like maybe I could have done something just a little bit more for us to close those games out because you know we had both those games won, obviously. But um, you know, it, it kind of shows that we're a good team and we can play with anybody. And uh, any game is winnable. It doesn't matter who it is, who we're going up against. So, you know, it makes me feel a little bit sideways, but then it also makes me feel proud of myself and the guys. Let's zoom out for just a sec because we haven't asked you this question before. You played in the Big 12 with Kansas State. Mm -hmm. What's BYU in for next week, uh, next year, in terms of venues and competition? Obviously, we know it's going to be crazy hard in the toughest league in America, but you played in the Big 12 for a year. Um, we wish you had eligibility for next year. <laughs> um, what, what's that going to be like for BYU and its fans? Uh, it's going to be fun. That's, that's one thing I can remember. It was really fun. The venues are all different, but they're all unique in their own way. All the crowds are going to be crazy. Like, I remember going down to Lubbock, Texas. Never been there a day in my life. Don't know anything about it. And I enter this mega arena at Texas Tech, and it's full to the brim, you know? So it's, it's going to be fun. You know, you're definitely going to have to show up every game because there's no nights off in the 12. The number one team could beat the, the, the number 10 team it was when I was there. But um, yeah, so it's definitely gonna be hard, but you know, I feel like the guys are gonna be ready for it. They're gonna be battle tested and they're gonna be ready, so. And I think those teams are in for a surprise as to what Provo and the Marriott Center have to offer as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. A lot of those teams, uh, you know, probably have never even thought about coming here to Utah or, you know, Provo in general. So when they come here and they see how hard it is to play here, um, you know, this league will, I mean, this team yeah. and, you know, this arena will also be up there with, like, you know, the Kansases and the Texas Techs and the West Virginias, so. Rudy, we appreciate the insight. Always great to have you in Studio B. You're averaging almost 16 points a game over the last five. And let's give you some karma to keep that rolling. Take that defense with you to Malibu and get a so win on have Thursday. Have fun at Pepperdine, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. You got it. Rudy Williams on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, uh, if you miss uh, any conversations we have on the show, shows, games, deep blues, Rudy's deep blue, you can check it out on BYUSN.com. As good as Mark Pope and the Cougars were on Saturday, they did fall just short of a milestone. But is this milestone they want anything to do with? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. That's another foul. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Make sure to follow the show, BYU Sports Nation. That's the name of this program. Hi, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Hello there, friends, and welcome. Uh, wow, uh, Rudy Williams is great. BYU basketball is rolling. Do you know what did make things even better? We whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. In the BYU Pacific game, there were a combined 49 fouls called. Mark Pope was hoping for more. All while almost setting an all-time record for the history of college basketball. We were, we were committed to get to 50 fouls tonight. I talked to Coach before the game, and, and, and we made an agreement. We only got to 49, so I'm really upset about that, but everything else was terrific. Were you hoping for one more, like Mark? Uh, no, in fact, it was so bad in the second half when both teams were in the double bonus with over 10 minutes to play that yours truly was like, you know, I'm just gonna keep an eye on the Portland Pepperdine game because BYU plays Pepperdine next and Pepperdine might actually win. So I had two screens going and I was, if I'm being completely honest, 
I was paying more attention to what was happening between Pepperdine and Portland because BYU's up 20 plus and there were so many fouls. Yeah, St. Mary's Gonzaga had started that. So, yeah. 49 fouls is ridiculous. There was another game a couple years ago where that happened. Didn't quite get to 50, but very oh, exciting. Oh, I called a women's basketball game a few years back that got uh, to, I think, 53, which was just compelling and rich. Special. It really needed to take the quota off the refs for fouls called, like tickets for cops. Good grief. Shout out to the, what was the dude, the Manaway cop? Oh, yeah, RoboCop. RoboCop in Manaway. Uh, if you know, you know in, in uh, Sardine Canyon there. I believe he's been relieved of his duties, Jerem. <laughs> That's not a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Some, uh, some weird things were happening in Manaway. Yeah. That includes like VHS or something? DVD? I don't know. Shout, anyway. out, to, shout out to Manaway anyway. people. Allegedly. Go. Uh, on to football now and the NFL specifically. Now that Fred Warner got some key flag football reps in with the More of this, Pro Bowl uh, games. What are the odds of him playing in the alumni game? Playing in March? zero. <laughs> no, why would he play in the game? I'm just helping Fred's around. I think that'd be really Get fun. him here. Yeah, just have him here. That'd be super he ain't fun. playing? No way. Here's our official invitation to you, Fred. You don't have to play. Why don't you come be no. an assistant coach? I doubt the Niners would even allow it. Come be an assistant coach. Yeah. Speaking of the alumni game, Derwin Gray tweeted the following. Hey, BYU football fans, should I play in the alumni game on March 31st or not at Jack DeMoon? Should Dewey play in the alumni game? If Dewey wants to play, sure. Why not? He's 51. If he's feeling like a sprightly 51, then he can go out and play. Sure. If he wants to play, let him play. We'll see. Last year, it was uh, it turned into a younger man's game. Um, I almost felt bad because there were certain alumni on the sideline that were like wanted to get in and ready, but. The, the 30-somethings they became were, too competitive. were very competitive <laughs> in this game. Um, and, it, and, you know, it, it starts with Max being Max and playbooks on both. Like, Will Snowden showed up, and he had a legit playbook. So did Max. Huff. They were ready to go. These guys call plays. Yeah, right? Not every 50-plus looks and plays like Terrell Owens. Okay? Yeah. T in fact, they're nobody. T.O.'s yeah. a specimen, right? Yeah. So, yes, it'd be fun, but it got real mm. fast and competitive last Okay, yeah. maybe there should be age group quarters. <laughs> if you're 50. Well, like, okay, first quarter, we'll go with the young guys. Yeah. Second quarter's 45 plus. Like, riddle me this. If BYU got Steve Young and Ty Detmer to, like, be the quarterbacks. Totally fine. The arms aren't the same as they were. Do you want that? Like, I know it'd be uh, fun to have them out there, but if, yes. like, if Steve can't, can Steve still chuck it? Maybe he can. I want star power. I want star power. And they don't have to run around as much. Like, they're, the quarterbacks are protected to a degree yeah, in this it's, game. It's flag football. So, like, you can be older and play quarterback, and it's not like playing wide receiver at 55 But what was old. fun in this game was seeing Aleva Hifo catch, like, a 50-yard pass. Sure. It wasn't uh, dumping it underneath for five no, to seven years. That'd be fun to see Aleva Hifo uh, catch a 50-yard pass from Steve Young. Right? Well, is Steve chucking him 50 in the air like that? Believe, you know what I mean? I believe he can I, still do that. If he can, that's great. If he can't, I don't want to see him out there like that. You know what I mean? I want to keep Steve in my mind at certain All right. More from Steve Young in just a minute. Yeah. BYU men's volleyball has split their last two series on the road, both against higher-ranked teams. Most recently, they split with Ball State. Is this team overachieving, Jerem? Uh, no, I think they're on pace for the improvement we were hoping for. I think those splits were quality. To Irvine get, and Ball State. To get two in each one would have been ambitious, I think. But yeah, UC Santa Barbara comes in this weekend, which they're two and seven, but they've played eight of nine against top ten teams. Really good uh, competition there. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting weekend. It'll be fun. I feel like BYU is a top ten team. 
probably yeah, at I nine think or they 10. Slide to probably, I'll probably vote them at 10 today. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Unranked yeah. to number 10. <laughs> it's qualified, I know. I know. There are only like 50 teams wow, in college. They really done but it. Hey, top 20% right now. They really did it, Bob. <laughs> this picture was taken over the weekend with Brother Young, Alex Smith, and Aaron Rodgers at the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Steve tweeted that it's a heated debate with Alex and Aaron on skipping the 14th hole to go get some in and out. What do you think they were discussing? Wrong answers only. Mm. You see, Aaron, here's how you throw six touchdowns in a Super Bowl compared to just the three that you threw when the Packers won back in 2010. Here's how you get to here's, another here, Super Bowl? Here's how you double the touchdown passes because Steve set the Super Bowl record. So something of that sort. How to throw six touchdown passes in a Super Bowl? I think they were talking about Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's very. Aaron Rodgers. I guarantee Jets, that was Alex discussed. Alex Smith as an analyst. Hundred yeah. percent guarantee that was discussed, especially if Aaron That's, ends up with the Jets. It's not a wrong answer only. I guess that's uh, my real answer. An actual but, answer. But there you go. Up next, a young man coming off a career performance. Oh, he's got the trophy with him. Getting ready for a trip to Hawaii. Hey. Zach Jones, BYU Men's Golf in studio next. Yeah, show off that bling. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in studio. Trophy, we got some new bling. The Wildcat, you got some cactus on the there. Thunderbirds Intercollegiate Individual heavy. Champion, Zach Jones. That thing's heavy, man. It's is, a little wildcat for me, I'm going to be honest. Awesome. Hey, welcome to the show, man. Congratulations up, on the win. Thanks, yeah, it's awesome. Good to be here. It's pretty heavy. Carrying that through the airport was, <laughs> it's a good problem to have. But oh, like, hey, oh, everyone. Oh, oh, hey, oh. hey, everyone. This hey, let me, get my, let me get my carry on. <laughs> you just <laughs> yeah. set it out. Yeah, yeah real metal. It's going to trigger that. Yeah, that's no, yeah, great. Fun. Uh, rounds of 65, 69, and 66. Really impressive. Not bad, dude. I'm always super impressed uh, with guys that are able to close things out in a pressure pack scenario. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one thing to play well and be like, oh, I'll finish top 20. Top 20. But when you're at the top of the leaderboard and you're handling that pressure, it, it just, it's, there's something special there. So how did you handle the pressure, especially on day three, knowing like, I could win this thing? No, yeah, I mean, I think the pressure is, is why we play the sports, you know, being in that scenario. Um, and especially it being really my first time being in contention in a college event, it was definitely a new new situation for me. But I think it just goes back to, you know, all the tournaments I've played growing up, playing with my brothers as a kid. We'd always just try to do whatever we could to make pressure situations so that we'd be prepared for it when the coming down the stretch in a tournament. So uh, that's why we play golf, feeling the nerves, feeling the pressure, and it was fun. So you, you felt prepared for that moment? I did, yeah. I mean, playing in Utah, Utah golf is very competitive. We've got a lot of good tournaments here. A lot of the kids on the BYU team, we grew up playing high school golf together, so just – Playing tournaments, playing golf really prepares you for those situations, and I was able to handle it well. Well, and there's a camera on you, albeit it's Todd Miller's camera. Yeah. <laughs> filming you make your winning putt. But yeah. uh, what's it like to have your coach there on the green with you as you finish that high-pressure round out? It's, it's awesome. I mean, especially growing up, Todd, you know, recruits you young age. You get to meet him, get to know him, and then he's a – I mean, he's so knowledgeable in the game of golf. He's been around it with his dad, Johnny Miller. He played golf at BYU as well. He's seen Peter Quest win 10 times at BYU. I mean, he just knows the game. He knows how to handle that situation. Um, he was on the bag with me all three rounds, kind of walking with me, hitting shots, talking through it. So having him there, I mean, he's a huge asset to BYU golf. 
and having him there right at the end, filming the putts, watching them all go in, helping me with the reads. It was awesome, and he's a great coach. I told him I was going to put a plug in for him to get a raise. So, I mean, just with that said, <laughs> I mean, it's it time to give this, Todd Miller a raise. This, this him, is the moment for money, that? Yeah. Okay, then. Um, to, to, you, you had been really good and competitive, but you hadn't finished top ten. To get into the top ten and then not just be top ten, but win, Yeah. what was that experience like for you to go, okay, now I win this thing? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. If you look at my the way my college uh, golf career has been, it's a little bit unique. I kind of had a little bit of a frustrating freshman year, not really meeting my expectations. I had high expectations, but uh, didn't really perform that well my freshman year. And then I've been playing great in the qualifyings in the fall. You know, I've got in every event, but I've, you know, I haven't even taken a top 15 yet in a college event. So it's been a little bit of uh, some frustration. I've had some success locally in Utah, um, but you know, golf, college golf is just a different animal with the travel, the team aspect. So it's been tough for me to really put a tournament together. Um, so it's really surprising for other people to see someone who's never taken top 15 just win their first time in contention. Um, but for me, I, you know, I, I think I can win these tournaments and I felt like I was prepared, but it's definitely, you know, a little unique to go out and win your first one that you're ever in contention. So it was an awesome experience and I hope to be in contention a lot more often. Zach Jones is the Thunderbirds Intercollegiate Individual Champion. He's with us on BYU Sports Nation. I appreciate golfers and their attention to detail in every shot they hit. You ask them after a round, and they can just rewind to like this moment. Oh, my third shot on number eight was from 167 <laughs> yards away. I had this, this club. This is what I was used. This, the this is my read. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So with that in mind, what was the best shot you hit in this tournament championship? I mean, there was a lot of good shots. Um, hole 10 specifically, I feel like I saved a lot of shots. I chipped in for birdie one round, mm. made a 70-footer for eagle. The other rounds, and then made a 30-footer for birdie the final round coming down the stretch. But I feel like the, the main shot that I would look back to is my second shot, approach shot on number two, just because I was finishing. My last hole is number four, so it's coming down the stretch. Okay. Number two is the hardest hole Your staggered course. starts because it's tournament play. Just past the scoreboard, see that I've got a three-shot lead, so I really just have to hold on at this point. And this is the hardest hole on the course. Um, and like you said, can remember every detail. I was, <laughs> I was 216 to the pin. We were trying to fly it around 210. Uh, normally down there in Tucson, that's like a six iron or a five iron, but I could just tell I was really amped up, a lot of adrenaline. So I told Todd, I was like, I think I got his seven iron. And he was like, really, seven iron? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I mean I've been here before. A lot of times I'll fly the green when I'm amped. And I hit a seven iron from 220 and it bounced up to 15 feet and I just cozied it up for a little two putt par. And that was kind of when I, you know, I locked in the tournament. So that was Probably the most memorable shot, you know, the experience kind of came back and knew that I was amped, could feel I was going to hit a little extra far, and so hit that shot in the middle of the green and kind of sealed it up. This is what I'm talking That's about. That's amazing. This is okay. what I'm talking okay. about. The detail's amazing, and then I'm also amazed that you could read your own vibe. Yeah. I'm amped right now. I'm going, I'm, I'm clubbing down to seven, right? Like, that's awesome. No, yeah, other sports, you get amped up, and you're like, I'm just going to use the football. You're like, I'm just going to use this to hustle harder. I'm going to play harder. To defense. hit harder. To, but yeah. when your hands are, you're pumped with blood, and your hands are shaking in a golf tournament, that's not, that's not good. You're going to be hitting it farther. You're yeah. You're a good touch. So no, that's awesome. You got to adapt to it. You got to learn to control your heart rate a little bit, too, and slow down your breathing and focus in on what you're trying to do. So That's amazing. <laughs> you have... And you had, I should say, opportunities to go play golf at a lot of places. BYU yep. is 
uh, what in the golf community, it's it's a winter place. Yeah. Okay. So, how do they overcome that as a program? And, and what are you doing right now to to stay relevant in a place that typically you know is not like Malibu, obviously, or Arizona and yeah. these year-round golf places? I think it's hard to go from a warm weather state to come here and play golf. But growing up here, I'm from Highland, Utah, Lone Peak High School. You know, we're used to having cold, long winters. Um, one of the biggest advantages is BYU's got a practice facility yeah, over at Fox Hollow Golf Course. We get a hit in the IPF. Um, we, just, we really get to stay sharp during the winters. We got the technology that, that you know, all the top-level schools have. We've got all the access to what we need. And St. George, too, is a, is a big advantage, being just a three-and-a-half-hour drive. It's a hidden gem. It really is. So we sneak not down there. Not as hidden as it used to be. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not. It's, really, it's hard to get tee times down there. But we drive down, try to play golf, play in the tournaments. There's lots of tournaments in the winter down there. Just try to stay sharp. So I don't think it's a huge disadvantage being at BYU. And I think there's a lot of advantages that come to being at BYU. And then I love, too, that uh, obviously there's guys on the PGA Tour and that have been in the PGA Tour that are around. Like yeah. Tony comes down and hangs out. Obviously, Daniel Summerhead has been involved as a, a coach, uh, you know, Mike Weir's around at times. No, yeah, I was hitting balls with Peter Quest, Patrick yeah. Fishburne, yeah. just yes. the other day, right before the tournament. They come and hang out. Like, yeah, they come and hit with that us. That sort of um, tangible goal setting of like, hey, they did it. They were just here. Yeah. Obviously, Mike Weir hangs out. It's like, hey, dude won the Masters. Like, he was here. What role does that play for uh, a young guy like you where you're like, hey, I could be that guy? No, yeah, it's for sure a, a big boost in your confidence when you see those guys playing with you. You see the trails that the, they took and you try to follow in their footsteps. I mean, BYU's got a lot of lot of PJ Tour players that have come out of here, and a lot of guys that are on the road right now, like Peter Quest and Patrick Fishburne, um, even Carson Lundell, our, yep. our teammate. So there's a lot of good players that have come out of BYU, and there's no reason you can't you know, make the PJ Tour coming out of Utah. Is it required to have, like, frothy hair to be on the team? Because that's, like, Carson, the look, Carson's right? got it going, That's the right? look for Carson's the team. Go I love it. Yeah, it's kind of a trend, a little golfer's trend. <laughs> yeah. Pete Quest had it going, great. too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Zach, a uh, couple quick hitters. Uh, true or false, Pepperdine is your number one rival right now. I think they've got to be. I mean, they're the team to beat. They've been the team to beat for a couple years. Um, there are a lot of good players there. So, yeah, that's for sure. Okay. We've got our sights set on them. And then uh, Big 12 golf. Just some quick thoughts on what, what lies ahead for BYU there. Yeah, I mean, golf's a little different because you don't play with your conference every tournament. We, you play in the tournaments you get invited into. Um, but our conference championship will be somewhere back east, Texas, or mm. you know, somewhere, somewhere else. So we're going to try to get into a couple more events over there. We've just, we're used to playing West Coast golf all the time. It's a little different animal yeah. over there. So it's pretty much the same. You get in the tournaments you want to during the year and then conference championship we'll have some bigger schools in there but it's it's exciting great stuff well done again thanks fun. for hanging out with us congratulations and the thanks. old school like BYU golf logo is nice so you got nice. double logo it looks good so dude. Nice. it looks good okay well uh women's hoops coming uh back to town taking on pepperdine big game tied for third in the league byu gotta gotta get that high seed nine eastern time on BYU tv thursday night and a rising shout out to one of our own who's been a part of really your fandom whether you knew it or not, for the last 30 plus years, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation and Foos Flexing are on mm -hmm. demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as well. It's really simple. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and I am happy to report. Okay, I'm not happy, but I am reporting. 
But all has returned to normal in our BYU Sports Nation fantasy basketball results. I just saw that I won. <laughs> Jerem wins by a mere 30. <laughs> just, just, we'll go double up here. Win, you, win, you win by a mere 30. Barely got it. Yeah, woo, sneaking by. Yep. You know, 8-1. and one. I believe you've locked up the season now. Had to have. Yeah. I think it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. You did this in football at week uh, seven. Yeah. Yep. So similar. Yeah. Eight, eight and one. Yeah. <laughs> at least I didn't have to wait till the final week. <laughs> I'm glad I was. I was. You know, sweating it out. Yeah, I wasn't sweating it out. I got my one. Do I just one, mail one, it one, in the rest of the week? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and I just, uh, just drop everyone. Just you just win every week. I'm like whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm tank, tanking. Oh, great stuff. Lauren Gustin once again leading the charge. And Foose was amazing, right? Yeah. Foose is just piling up yeah. points. Stat sheet stuffer. Mm-hmm. On to our question of the day. BYU basketball is currently tied for third in the West Coast Conference standings. Speaking that. of the men, because the women are tied for third, too. Mm-hmm. Where go. will the men finish? Caleb McCann on Twitter says, definitely second. After BYU wins out and Gonzaga loses a few more? Uh, um, no. 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 Gonzaga's lost two. Yeah. BYU has five losses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no. yeah. Uh, BYU's going to win the national championship That's in, not fo- the elite in voice football today. before that happens. Thank you, okay? but no. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Jared Hokinson on Facebook says, or Hawkinson, I should say. If, or is it Hokinson? Now I'm confused. It's Hokinson. If they keep playing like they did last week, third place in the regular season, would love to see them make an amazing final run in the West Coast Conference tournament. That'd be great. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's collectively give it to our longtime friend and amazing broadcast uh, guru here at BYU, Russ Merrill. After 30 years of elite effort and having directed so many of the sporting events that you have enjoyed and watched, he is retiring. We love Russ and yeah. are going to miss him so I'm much. I'm emotional about it, honestly. Like, we've done so many games with Russ. We love Russ. He does such a great job. Did his last game Saturday. We're celebrating him here in a few minutes in the break room. Love you, Russ. Oh, Russ. Man, I, 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 I enjoy traveling with I him. I don't know what to do without Russ here. Like <laughs> We've always had Russ. It's going to be crazy to not have him. Uh, we love you, man. Congratulations on a fantastic career. Thanks to today's guests, Rudy Williams and Zach Jones of BYU Men's Golf. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Let's shout out to Kena Young. It's been a while for that. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.